When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, no one ever thinks about the movies on the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. Yo, 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 yo. We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Gangplank Report. We are reviewing episode five of Below Deck, and that is called Leave Your Emotions at the Door. We decided to rename it Wherefore Art Thou Radio. And here's Jen for your rapid recap. Okay, Raina wakes up displeased about Jake's revelation about being engaged, but she still hasn't brought up Issa. Fraser likes Heather better now that she's let her hair down and has to wear sunglasses inside. Jake gives several different reasons why his engagement is no big deal. Jessica is somehow in everyone's crosshairs. I'm hoping only Wes's shot is successful. Eddie and Jake try to come up with a way to motivate Raina. Heather has a sit down with Jessica to find out if she's okay and just shares her worry about her grandma's procedure. Fraser's mom convinces him to come out by telling him she'd still love him even if he ate people. Fraser breaks one of Cap's biggest rules and loses his radio. The guests arrive with a precocious six-year-old shackled to a mini case of cash. Raina gets to try her hand at dropping the anchor. The crew has progressed from whistling while they work to singing while they're servicing. Casino night goes well and real money is at stake. Heather is displeased with Jessica's performance in the cabins. Everyone is wowed by dinner, but Jody is more obsessed with Captain Lee. The guys are making bets on who's going to pop first, and they all think it's Jess. Cushions fly over the side, and Chief Officer John is on retrieval duty. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. So a couple of things that I noticed about this. First of all, the Jake engagement story was womp, womp. Yeah. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Well, you're better than me because it confused the crap out of me. There were too many things there. If I was marrying somebody so they could get a British passport, I would not announce it on international television. You know what I mean? (laughs) No kidding. And that's probably why he didn't say it right off the bat. Yeah. 
he probably had to think about it before he said anything out loud about it, but then he ended up saying it anyway. So, I mean, look, he's not the first human in history to pull something like that off if he is in fact pulled it off. Yeah. But why even mention it in the first place if it's going to create issues for you down the road, not only in your interpersonal relationships on the boat, but also legally possibly. Right. It just seemed like a really dumb thing to bring up when it doesn't actually have an impact of any kind. If you're not in a relationship with this person and this person is expecting monogamy from you, mm-hmm. then why mention it in the first place? Yeah. And when he made the phone call to her, it felt like a very girlfriend phone call to me. I'm trying to keep an open mind and let people do themselves, but It was all very weird to me. I don't know. (laughs) It's just strange. I don't know. I didn't pick up on it that way. Like I tell my friends, I love them all the time. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean a romantic type love. I tell you, I love you all the time. I know. And I love you too. But that's, I don't know. There was just something there. It felt more like he was talking to a girlfriend, you know, saying that he wanted to come down just that and making plans. And then they showed the picture of her and him just saying that they're not ready kind of made me feel like it was more there than what he's letting on to right now. But who knows? But then he says he's in an open relationship and it's just a situation of convenience kind of. Right. Yeah. Hard to tell. And then we see a little bit more of this Eddie relationship drama and I mean, there seems to be some sort of resolution where they apologize to each other for the things that they said before, but I feel like this is appropriate penance for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If she has seen the previous season of him lying to the girlfriend that he had after he hooked up with Rocky, Mm -hmm. he deserves that. Right. You have proven yourself to be less than trustworthy with somebody in a relationship before me. I think it's okay for me to question your motives, Mm -hmm. especially when you're back in the same damn situation on a boat with a bunch of attractive people on television again. And dare I say, we as viewers deserve to see that because we didn't get to see his former girlfriend's (laughs) fallout and reaction to it all. We heard about it, but only from his mouth. So right, it's a little bit fulfilling, a little bit of schadenfreude, but hey, (laughs) I enjoyed it. (laughs) yeah you're lying in the bed that you made that's (laughs) that's how I see that and then along the Eddie lines we also see some real turmoil happening with the deck team so herein lies my question for you Mm -hmm. do you see this from a viewer perspective as an Eddie problem starting at the top and working its way down or a Jake communication problem to the rest of the deck team How do you see it happening? Because I might see it differently than you. I personally right now see it as an Eddie problem because he's the one that Lee's landing on. That's the correct answer. Okay. (laughs) Yay. He has charged Jake with being in charge of the deck team, but he still very much needs to oversee the deck team because he's still in charge of them. Right. It's a roll downhill type situation. And so if he notices that there are issues, then it's his job to be more involved until that's cleared up. And to me, in his conversations with them, the handful of powwows that he has had with them, I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was very complimentary towards them. Now, because he's getting flack, he's starting to come down on them. 
And I feel like he's not offering a lot of constructive ideas as to how to fix it. He's just saying, do better. Right. And that's not really a mark of good leadership, in my opinion. You have to give examples of how we're going to improve the situation. I think even though I'm sensing frustration with Fraser and Jess towards Heather, at least she seems like she's trying to offer ideas on how to fix things a little bit differently, to change things a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't see Eddie doing that. I just see him saying, do this, do this, do this. Mm -hmm. It's not, where are we falling short? How do we amend this? Right. Well, I did see him talk to Jake about how to motivate Raina. That I thought was good and getting her into some of the other tasks. But as far as where the screw-ups are actually happening, I am in complete and total agreement with you because it's just like, stop screwing up. Well, give me what it is we did wrong. And in the situation where the cushions flew off, I was struggling because, and it could be that maybe on one deck, the things were covered and on another deck, they weren't. But in the shots that we were seeing, a lot of them, they had put the covers on. Well, and consider if the guests were still eating breakfast or whatever it was that they were doing at the time, if they were still outside, you can't have, unless it's pouring down rain, you can't justify covering things up while the guests are still sitting there Mm -hmm. until they move. They had asked them at the beginning if they were planning on being out there, because if they weren't, they needed to cover it up because the weather was starting to come in. And then Heather, and I'm not sure if it was Fraser or Jess, moved the food inside and they had breakfast inside instead of outside. And I know there were shots of both Wes and Raina putting covers on cushions, But then Lee said, I want to pick up anchor. And so everybody moved to the front of the boat and it was put aside. I guess what I would be wondering from Eddie is if Lee says, let's get the anchor up, who has the right to say, but these cushions aren't secured yet. You know what I mean? I feel like it's entirely on him to say we need five more minutes. Can we have five more minutes to get this covered up? Because we're all going to be focusing on anchoring. Okay. So, and then Lee complained that all of them were up there for 15 minutes doing the anchor when somebody could have been doing the cushions, I guess was his inference. Cause he didn't say that. He but... didn't say that. Yeah. That's why I was confused because to me, it sounded like Eddie was saying they didn't have enough time and Lee was saying that they had plenty of time, but it sounded to me like there were two jobs in two entirely different parts of the boat. So would it have been... What's the priority? Exactly. Exactly. So, yep. Yeah. And then everybody scrambles like ants after they're done anchoring to go cover the cushions again. Right. So it's one of those things like, where is the priority here? And maybe that clarification should have been made in order to understand exactly. But Eddie's done this before. He's covered cushions and lifted up the anchor before with no issue. So I feel like that's still on him to sort out. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. I think because Jake's only been lead for such a short period of time at this point, I think that it is incumbent upon Eddie to say, okay, this is where we screwed up here and this has to be the priority. If we're going to drop anchor, then you leave somebody back there to cover the cushions when it's this windy or to make sure they're secure. Just my two cents. And so now in honor of... Thanksgiving, 
-hmm. And in honor of my favorite fictitious holiday, I would very much like to pass along my favorite part of Festivus, uh, which is the airing of grievances. Okay. I have a list. (laughs) I know you're shocked. (laughs) I'm not shocked about the list. I am ready and willing and able to hear you. (laughs) So this is my airing of grievances for this season so far. Okay. And we have not talked about this prior to recording because I wanted to get your genuine reactions to these. Okay. So my first grievance is the fact that it seems like everybody on this crew is auditioning for a musical. (laughs) Yes, I agree with you on that. I even mentioned it a little bit in the recap. They're all singing and they're making up songs. It's the weirdest thing ever. It's driving (laughs) me insane. It's driving me crazy. I almost, if I knew when it was going to happen, when I was watching, I would mute because I don't understand it. I feel like having a little bit of external, internal commentary happening so that we understand the frustrations of some people like Lexi, like what we saw on Below Deck Med is one thing. I feel like singing out everything that you're doing and thinking Mm -hmm. is obnoxious (laughs) and it's driving me insane. And I hope that they cut that shit out. (laughs) Editors get on that right now. Okay. It's awful. Next grievance. (laughs) Grievance number two is I feel like the Lee isms are becoming forced. It doesn't seem authentic to me anymore. It hasn't actually for quite a while, but I feel like in this season, it's just becoming more amplified. And maybe because some of them seem like reworking old ones, Mm -hmm. but whoever's writing these lines for Lee needs to get a creative spurt because Mm -hmm. they're old, they're tired. (laughs) Well, they are old and I don't think anybody's writing them for him because they are phrases that both my dad and my husband, my dad when he was alive, used and my husband still used to this day. I think it's that generation. I think that's probably why you feel a little detached from it. But I do agree that they seem to be trying to fit. We used to get teased with one of them every couple of episodes And you were waiting for them. And now it does seem like they're squeezing three or four of them in an episode. And when it's ubiquitous, it's not special. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, sweating like a whore in church was actually, (laughs) I was shocked at the time that my dad said the word whore because we didn't (laughs) like, it's not really a swear word, but in my house, it was a swear word. So the first time I heard my dad say that I was like jaw drop (laughs) gobsmacked. So yeah, that one, he did rework it a little saying sitting in the front pew at church, but the, if you can't run with the big dogs, keep your puppy butt on the porch. We've heard trying to think there was one more. There was three this episode. Yeah, I am over it. I've lost the third one. So, but yeah, I agree. They're putting too many of them in for me. I do like the phrases just because it's a dad moment for me. So we have different grievances on that one. I'll agree on the frequency of phrases. How about that? Okay, that's that's fair. Okay. Third grievance. Mm hmm. Fraser continuing to say that he's good at his job and then somehow displaying the fact that he's not good at his job. (laughs) 
Okay. Just because you say it doesn't make it true. We have yeah. had this conversation in previous seasons. Just yes, because the have. words are said does not mean it's true. True. Like, is he trying to convince himself or us or both? Well, okay. And the other thing with this, and I agree with your grievance on that. The other thing with this is he has been so anti-Heather up until this episode and her wearing a thong and twerking is supposed to mask over everything else. And now Jess is the target. I kind of was wondering during the episode if Jessica didn't become the target because Fraser had an open violation going on at the time. His radio was lost and it kind of had the feel of, here, look at this shiny object over here. Deflecting. Yeah. Don't focus on the fact that I can't find my radio and it winds up being in some well under the laundry room. It's in the bilge, yeah. The bilge? He probably okay. had to crawl down there to get drinks or get decorations or get something. And I've had that happen before where my radio has popped off down there and I didn't realize it. Because it all it does is clip onto your oh, okay. sport or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've had that happen before. Or I take it off while I'm down there because I know that if I have to crawl through a bunch of bins and stuff like that, that it's going to catch on something. And so it's easier. Usually you take it off and you stick it up on the flooring above your head right. so that you still find it. But maybe it popped off while he was down there crawling around getting things. So th- it's understandable where it ended up. I don't think mm-hmm. that's crazy. It's not like he lifted up the floorboards and chucked it down there. Mm-hmm. But Again, just because he says he's good at his job does not make him actually good at his job because he continues to say the line, but I'm really good at this. (laughs) If he was really good at it, the first episode, Heather wouldn't have had to come down and show him things that he did wrong or leaving the trash bag in the master stateroom or not being well-versed in cocktails or a slew of other things that we have seen so far on this season. Mm -hmm. But again, just because he says it doesn't make it true. Okay. And that's frustrating. Yeah. For me. (laughs) Okay. I can see how it would be. And thank you for clearing up the bilge thing. That makes so much more sense now. Yeah. 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 And then my final grievance for today, that doesn't mean there won't be more in the future, is precocious children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I have historically had an issue with people that make their children dance like monkeys Mm -hmm. and it almost seems like that's what's happening with this kid on this charter yeah I mean he obviously has a personality and that's okay but I feel like egging that on only makes the child more obnoxious in the future you know into adulthood even Mm -hmm. egging on that type of behavior it was one thing with what was the name of the kid from the previous season what did they call him master pearson Mm mm-hmm I mean, he was cute, but again, it's a shtick and Mm -hmm. the kid gets adjusted to being that personality and kind of being on display that way. And I find it really disingenuous and probably not real great for the kid's ego in the future. And if he acts like that when he's an older kid and then onto a teenager, people are just going to beat him up. Right. I would much rather have kids like Roy the Third and Bo to watch than spoiled, snotty little children. They were genuinely endearing, lovely kids. And even when we interviewed Roy and Osa, we got to see that. They were not bratty kids. They were just lovely kids. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I was talking to my friend Santiva last night on Twitter 
and we were talking specifically about this. And there are some precocious children that I like and some that I can't take. And I don't know what the line is. I just know what hits well with me and what doesn't hit well. And last night didn't hit well. And one of our other friends on Twitter, Jessica, pointed out, if you are rich enough to have a yacht vacation, bring along a nanny. The crew has jobs to do. They should not be told that someone has to be with their kid at all times. It's your kid. You supply someone to watch them all the time if you want to have fun or you have them stay with a relative. Right. I mean, it's one thing for the deck team to be watching the kids while they're playing with water toys or something like that, because that's their Mm -hmm. job. Right. But it's an entirely different thing to expect the crew to drop what they're doing and go play video games or go play board games or, Mm -hmm. you know, because they have other stuff to do. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and Santiva also pointed out that Alexander wasn't wearing a life vest, Mm. which was surprising to her. Interesting. Yeah. I did not catch that. That's a good grab. Yep. So anyway, I agree with something and everything on your grievance list. (laughs) My only grievance from last night's episode is I don't understand how everybody's so mad at Jessica. And it's probably because Jessica has my personality type. I can't fake happy if I'm not happy. And then you cannot be a stewardess. Yeah. Well, but she acknowledged it in put herself in the laundry when she could have put herself in front of the guests. Yes. Fought more for second. And she realized that that's not her strength. So she kind of relegated herself to the bowels of the ship and knows where she's good. And if you know that, and if you're doing your job well, which when it comes to laundry, Aside from the towel thing, which I think they were implying was Fraser's fault for not stocking them in the room, but we really found out that they were just going through a lot of them. So it was really nobody's fault. I don't see where Jessica's gone wrong here, except for when she followed her around doing the cabins, which Fraser had been doing the cabins. So it's kind of like getting on her when she's first doing something. So I don't know. It just hit me wrong. I like her. Maybe it's because I can relate to her more, but Mm -hmm. who knows? That was my only grievance. Gotcha. Well, I agree with that. No grievances with your grievances. (laughs) (laughs) Last night when I was getting ready to watch the episode, I was actually going through my preference sheets for my next charter and I posted a little picture with Buddy in it buddy the boat dog in it Mm -hmm. of getting ready for my charters and getting ready for the episode and one of my twitter friends asked me for a blank copy of the preference sheet so i posted it and i also went ahead and posted it on reddit as well because i don't know that anybody there has ever seen a preference sheet like what we give to the guests mine was the original one that we used for the first season i'm not sure what they're using now but And thank you for everybody that offered grammatical changes and capitalization and punctuation. Appreciate you. But 
it's an effective way to get information. You can head over to my Twitter to check it out if you want to see it. And a lot of people hilariously commented that they're going to use this now for their house guests when they come. So uh, I think that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's a, a good, good way to get preferences from your house guests, <laughs> exactly. which is awesome. But it's interesting that people had an interest in seeing what that looks like. It doesn't surprise me, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it. But it's kind of cool that all these things that play into the show are things first of all, that we really use, that we really do, you know, calling provisioners and using preference sheets and all that kinds of logistical stuff. But that's the kind of stuff that makes these charters really go and really improves the quality of what we do every single day when people are on board. So there you go. There's another little tidbit. I could have used that for Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday because (laughs) one of my kids is an almond milk drinker. One is an oat milk drinker (laughs) and I am a cow milk drinker. So I had to organize and get clear who was who. We've got one vegan at the table, so we have to have vegan options and what can I make and what can I make out of my traditional dishes? It's maddening. But before we wrap up here, we have... Georgie had a few questions last week and we could only hit one of them, but she also wanted to know, hi, Georgie in the UK. She wanted to know, we've briefly seen the crew eating dinner in the crew mess a few times, but she said two of those times they were eating takeout and it was during charter. And she said, does that happen often on yachts? Because most time we see them eating the food that you chefs make. So I'm guessing that what you were seeing was either leftovers from their night out or leftovers from their dark days. Because in between these charters, they're taking a dark day where they flip the boat and go do their one-on-one interviews. And those are the days where the chefs are not cooking. So the production team will order takeout like pizza or wings or whatever's local Mm -hmm. and give the chef a break because the chef has to go do interviews. So you can't expect them to be in interviews and cooking two meals a day for the crew as well, because it's an overload. Are those interviews offsite? Offsite. They're at a hotel. Okay. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll pick up two or three of the crew members on the dark days, on the flip days, and take them to the hotel and do hair and makeup and interviews, and then bring them back and then start a new group. So it's kind of doing it in shifts. So it Mm -hmm. breaks up the day and it makes it a little bit harder to get everybody in the same spot. The other element of that is keeping the food in good shape for when everybody has a chance to eat. I mean, pizza, you can leave on the counter for a while and nobody's going to die, but there are some other foods that require refrigeration if they're going to be left around for a while. And so oftentimes what'll happen if the chef doesn't make something like on the weekends when we're in port and there's no guests on board, oftentimes the chef will make food in advance and then just leave it in the refrigerator so that everybody can heat it up at their leisure as opposed to sitting down for a mass feeding. Oh, okay. Cool. So, all right. Well, there you go, Georgie. There's an answer to your question. And we thank you for writing in and asking us some. If you would like to write us and ask Adrienne a question or me, if there's anything I could possibly answer, <laughs> hit us up at gangplankreport at gmail.com or message us on Twitter or IG. And other than that, have a blessed and happy Thanksgiving. 
even though it's Thanksgiving week, we will have a super fan interview for this week for your downtime when you're in a trip to fan coma. So check that out. Also, if you have any grievances to air, please email them to us. Yeah. Don't leave them on the reviews though. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Only rate and review us if you're very, very happy. (laughs) (laughs) Grievances, keep them to yourselves. (laughs) Be kind. (laughs) We do this for free. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next time for the super fan. Awesome. Thanks guys. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties. <laughs>